Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Yo, yo, what is good, y'all? Welcome to the three on three pod where we have three different hosts giving you three very refreshing points of view. We're talking all things basketball, not X's and O's necessarily, but everything around it. So the fashion, the social justice aspects, people doing philanthropy, like the racial dynamics, gender dynamics, we have you covered. And look, my name is Chris Williamson. You might know me from CBS Sports HQ. I do a lot of hosting with the NFL, NBA, MLB, but I got two really badass co-hosts in Didi and Tarika. And Tarika, I got to get the floor to you now. What up, Joe? What's going on, y'all? It's your girl, Tarika Foster-Brasby. I'm super excited about this podcast. Very happy to be here. You guys know me uh, from all things WNBA. Some of y'all might know me from some MLB stuff, too, which is really dope if you do. But I'm all over everywhere when it comes to WNBA coverage from ESPN to NBC to CBS Sports HQ um, to the Around the Rim pod and now three on three. So I'm super excited to be here. Hailing from Detroit, Michigan. You know, I'm going to put it down for the 313 all day, every day. Um, But speaking of putting it down, our third partner in crime, Didi Richards, is in Australia balling it up. So I'm going to kick it to my girl Didi down under to let us know what she's into. Hello, my three on three lovers. I am so... So, so excited for you guys. First off, good luck today. I'm so sorry that I couldn't be there. I'm so sad that I'm not there. But I'm having so much fun in Australia. I am. I'm loving the team. I'm loving the coaches. The organization is amazing from top to bottom. I play for the Sydney Flames. Just such a positive environment out here. And I'm happy that I'm able to experience it because I was really, I felt like basketball really wasn't loving me back. Not to get into TED Talk or anything, but it really wasn't in the last couple of years. And now I'm genuinely feeling love everywhere and embraced. And it's really exciting. And another beautiful thing, I'm out here during summer. So I went from summer to summer. So don't be upset when I'm on Instagram in the heat with my bathing suit on the beach because that's where I'll be half the time if I'm not on the court and y'all be in flannels and parkas. So 
sorry, not sorry. But other than that, I miss y'all. I'm so sad again that I won't be on the show, but I know that I will be there next week and I cannot wait to turn up with y'all. But hold it down. I'll be listening and I'll talk to y'all next time. All right, Didi. Thank you so much for that little report. Hey, I was jealous. Yeah, I seen you posting, you know, talking about you in Australia in your bathing suit. I'm like, I need that son. That, that, I know. I'm hating it. low key. I'm hating low key for real. Forget low key, man. High key. <laughs> high key. Like, yeah, high, high key. key. Yeah, Forget yeah. low key. Uh, but you know what is high key and not low key at all is the WNBA finals. Uh, but before we get to that, yeah, we got three segments usually in the show. We tip off the three man weave and we got the jump ball. Three man weave not happening because of the sensitive subject matter that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. But those are the three segments that you can expect pretty much every week from us more or less but the WNBA finals Tarika is now going to a game for in New York Barclays Center that place will be jumping after the Liberty come out I won't say they smacked the aces in the mouth but they showed a lot more fight and scrappiness in game three when they had no other choice but to win or was go home and they found a way. John Quill Jones was amazing. But aside from the aspect of how amazing John Quill Jones played, Benajah Laney, um, so many other players, you got Sabrina in there with her blocks. What was the atmosphere like? Because both of us were there. Yeah. And let me tell you, it, you it's, it's one of one. Listen, first off, let's get the people the truth. We was both there living it up because we was both there in the suites. Okay. Okay, I wasn't yeah. going to flex on it. Sure was. I'm going to flex on you. I'm going to flex on you real hard. Sure, because I, I earned that sweet invitation, okay? So, <laughs> we went up there in the suites doing it real big, and I found out that Chris was in a bigger suite than me, and so I felt some type of way. And I had to go and kick the door down. Like, I know you're not going to be in the suite and not invite me. You know what I mean? So, there was, so there was that, you know. However... Um, the at first off, the atmosphere in Barclays is crazy, and I've been so excited about the way that both Las Vegas and New York um, has really turned the volume up when it comes to a WNBA fi- uh, WNBA Finals. The fans are not only on a thousand, but the star power in the building is crazy. Um, the 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 atmosphere in terms of um, the celebrity guests. Uh, the halftime performances um, coming up for game four. New York is going to have Joel Santana and Jim Jones. I'm about to go find my dipset shirt because it's about to go down up in Barclays, okay? I'm just so excited about the way that they are um, making a conscious effort to be intentional about how important it is to really show up and show out for a WNBA final. So from that aspect, it's been phenomenal. Um, but New York had their back against the wall, Chris. Like They knew this was it. There was no, there was no nothing. There was no extra. There was no, there was nothing. This was it. This was the final straw. They had to come out and really play basketball. And John Quill Jones had been that person that had really been carrying this team. I mean, when I think about game two in Vegas, I didn't think anybody showed up, but JJ, she's the only one who showed up double, double performance. She was like, I've been here before. I was just here last year and I know what it feels to go home with nothing. So I think she had that conversation. She brought that intensity. And then when I talked to them in practice um, the day before, they also were telling me like, yeah, JJ brought the team together. And you know, JJ from the Bahamas, I'm pretty sure that that West Indian Mm -hmm. came out Mm -hmm. and she was like, I'm going to tell y'all about yourselves. 
y'all need to get it together. And so you could feel, um, you could feel the difference um, in how this team was. They were a little bit more focused, um, a little bit more. Um, they were a little bit more. I, I don't want to say less. I don't want to say that they weren't really interactive with each other, um, but you could definitely see that they were a team with a, with a goal. Um, Las Vegas, on the other hand, God, I love this Las Vegas team. They're so familiar, so they're more free. Um, and they came into this game, I think, a bit more free. Um, and because of that, um, adding to the Chelsea great injury that I know you and I are going to talk about in a moment, um, I think that the crowd behind New York, the, the focus from New York, um, and then just the sometimes the jitters of, you know, the difficulty in closing out. Closing out a, a series is hard. Like, that's not easy to just walk in any building and close out a series. That's hard. Um, so I think all of that combined is what helped to propel New York to, to forcing this thing to a game four. No, absolutely. I mean, they had everything working for them. And even though, even though, like, they won, it wasn't as if they blew the aces, you know, out the water. They had to fight and keep that game or keep that lead, you know, yeah. at a healthy amount. Because in the fourth quarter, there's a point where it was like a six-point game. You thought maybe the Aces were going to make the run, but they just couldn't hit the shots. They weren't in synergy as we're so used to seeing them. And, yet, yeah, going back to that Chelsea Gray injury uh, where it happened when she was guarding Brianna Stewart, mm-hmm. who had an amazing game as well, specifically defensively. Some of these blocks that she had on Asia, other players, was really good, but... Chelsea Gray had a non-contact injury, and we saw her limping up the court after that happened. And then when she goes to the bench, we see her mouth, you know, something popped. I felt something pop. That right there, Tariq, is probably the worst thing you want to hear if you're her teammate, but also an Aces fan. Because what do we know when things pop and there hasn't been any contact? It's usually... An Achilles tear. Hopefully that isn't the case, but this just dramatically changes the series um, where potentially, I should say, where the Aces are going to have to have a lot of people on their bench and their starters really step up to make sure her loss is not felt as much as it expected it's to. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Um, there were like photos and a little video of her uh, back behind coming from the locker room where um, she couldn't even put any pressure on that foot like she couldn't walk on it she was seen um leaving the building in crutches so it was um it's one of those things where you feel like the aces team from an injury standpoint really have already had enough with candace parker she was supposed to be the hugest piece the biggest piece and then now Chelsea, Chelsea, who brings so much more than just, you know, being able to score, being able to facilitate. She brings experience like she's also been here. She's a champion. She knows what it's like to be in this position. Um, She brings some poise to this team. Right. And she brings some fire to it. Like when Chelsea is when things aren't going the right way, Chelsea will very much get in the huddle and tell them to get their ish together. Right. So she brings a lot. Um, and, and it's just really devastating. And then, you know what? The other thing is, too, Chris, we're going to have to hear the bullshit, right? We're going to have to hear the, oh, well, if New York wins, they didn't win against a healthy Aces team. They didn't win without Chelsea Gray. And it, it's it's really, it's frustrating 
And it's also unfortunate because we wanted, no one wants to feel or hear like they may have potentially won a championship because of some other thing that didn't happen. You want to feel like you went out there, played your best against the best and, and actually, you know, got the job done. And now if this does swing in New York's favor, it's going to feel as if there's, you know, some type of asterisk because Chelsea Gray wasn't there. Um, and, and this team is good enough to use the current point guards that they have. None of them are going to make up for Chelsea Gray. They're not going to make up for her facilitation. They're not going to make up for how she, you know, sees the floor. They're not, it's not going to make up for any of that. But Kelsey Plum is not a scrub. Jackie Young is not a scrub. Like there are people who can come in by committee and kind of help facilitate this thing and help make this thing go. But man, what a loss is it for Las Vegas if they don't have Chelsea. Right. We still have not received, you know, as today, as this recording, as this episode uh, will be uploaded uh, Wednesday, October 18th. We still have not heard anything from the Aces. Uh, they canceled shoot around last minute. Don't know what the reason was. Um, but if something happens like that, usually something came about. And just hopefully Chelsea will be able to, if not game four, if there's a game five, she'll be able to play in that one. Because you feel like you're robbed from that greatness and everybody being at full strength, so to speak. But we've seen the Aces beat them without Candace Parker. We've seen them beat them with Candace Parker. Um, but without potentially without Chelsea Gray, yeah, that that is going to be a tall order. And I just hope that, yeah, I just hope that the conversations are going to be not not ridiculous in terms of, oh well, yeah, uh, yeah, the Liberty, they don't win, it don't matter. Because here's the thing, Tarika. When you look at NBA final or WNBA finals, any type of postseason, there's always, most often, some type of injury um, that happens or previously happened where they're not at full strength. So it's a matter of luck. And I think the Aces have had really great luck um, during their championship run last year, right? And, and this year, because, yeah, they've had people go down, but their main five they've remained healthy. They have not missed any games. So it's like, yeah, is it an asterisk? Because you could, you could go back and be like, well, that was an asterisk because she wasn't healthy or she wasn't healthy. But, look, at the end of the day, the game will still be played uh, with or without Chelsea, unfortunately. And I just hope that they give us a show. One thing I do want to ask you, though, Tarika, is I know you saw Sabrina Ionescu at the end Get the night night, little night night uh, show, right? The little night night signal uh, after she hit the three, you know, to put Vegas away for all intents and purposes. She had nine points of three and nine shooting, I think it was. She did have 11 dimes, so respect there, 100%. But what did you think about that? Especially because you know, as somebody who covers the Connecticut Sun, they did that, Natisha Heidemann did that last year. And the next game, we saw what happened. Listen, I'm gonna give Sabrina. A, I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm going to give Sabrina a break this time. And why? I'm gonna give Sabrina a break because I talked to Sabrina after the game, and Sabrina played a little bit of defense. They, you know, I know we're not about to get heavy X's and O's, but we definitely saw a shift in this New York team uh, once Sandy Brondello shook shook up the defense a bit. You know, she put put Sabrina on Kia Stokes, put Stewie on Chelsea. But I was like, oh, okay, this is what we doing now, and it was working. And Sabrina had two blocks. 
I have called Sabrina a defensive liability. I've said it a million times and I've stood on it because it is what it is. And I don't mean it to be insulting. It's just some players play defense. Some players don't. I mean, look in the NBA. James Harden don't play no defense. Ain't nobody mad if, if we call him a defensive liability. Right. You, don't play no, you don't play no D. It is what it is, bro. It's what you don't do it. So I said the same thing about Sabrina. I was like, Sabrina don't play defense for real. Like, it's cool. She just don't do it. She plays some defense. In game in game three, and I asked her about it. And Sabrina's so petty, which is why I love her. She's so petty. She looked at me and I said, "Dang, Sabrina, you got two blocks. That's what's up." And she was like, "Yeah, you know, I don't want to be a defensive liability." I said, "Oh, you listen to your girl? Okay, I'm cool with that. So I'm a letter. I'm a letter live. Go ahead and night night it up, Sabrina." <laughs> not only that, not only did she tell you that, like, "Yeah, I don't want to be a defensive liability," but you saw how her head cocked, right? She was like, "Yeah, she did." <laughs> She said, you better respect my defense. I, I, this, do it again in game four. Anybody can do it once, Sam. Right. Do it again in game four. Yeah, anybody can have a great moment one time. But if you really about that life, you know, you do it multiple times. Do it times. again. You know, somebody who uh, does not have an issue playing defense is Victor Wimbanyama. You know, the Spurs' number one draft pick, the number one overall pick. And he has been absolutely sensational to watch. So after the break, we're going to dive into – how special he's looked. Yes, it's preseason, but he has looked the part so far. And you make sure you remember that you're listening to the three on three pod. We'll be right back. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but same old. <laughs> and catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So NBA season is about to be underway, and we are super excited for it for a bevy of reasons. But I can't help but think that the number one reason that we are probably excited about this season is we get to see what has been dubbed the French sensation, uh, Victor Wimbignana. And how lucky is San Antonio to get two French players to really show up? Because, you know, you remember they had Tony Parker, and he was pretty darn good, too. Four-time NBA champion, Hall of Famer. Now you get... Now you get Wimby, right? And he has been um, someone to watch in this preseason game. Now, I don't believe he played against the Heat, but um, – no, he did play against the Heat, but he didn't play in the last preseason game, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter, Chris, because he showed out against Miami. And this San Antonio market is so excited about him. I mean, first of all, the game was on NBA TV, and – since when are we getting like San Antonio in a preseason matchup on NBA TV? So that right there lets you know that, you know, people are excited to see this guy. They've got murals about this dude already posted up all around San Antonio. They've already sold 4,000 some odd plus tickets like to, to certain games. I am honestly a bit shocked at how much buy-in San Antonio um, has done for this guy. And yet, He's making them look right. What are your thoughts early on about how Wimby has performed? I feel like Wimby has shown up to fulfill, you know, the legacy of what everybody expects him to be. Uh, We're following in the footsteps, you know, of the Tim Duncans, of the David Robinsons, uh, you know, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, that type of culture and that type of stability that Greg Popovich had for so many years. But... Yeah, because in the preseason, or not in the preseason, but in summer league, you know, maybe as expected, he did not look, he had his flashes, and then there were times where he did not look, you know, as in shape, and the game was, you know, coming at him at a fast pace, and that's expected, but for him to be doing what he's doing now in the preseason, where he's, you know, quote-unquote headbutting, uh, Chet Holmgren, you know, in the lane, and uh, that rivalry's already starting a little bit. And he's flexing his muscles. He's not afraid, you know, to be expressive. And then Duncan over Thomas Bryant, like where he was, his whole body was completely outside the restricted area. Mm-hmm. And at his wingspan, Tarika, defi- it, it, it doesn't make sense, right? It, there's no, I cannot even conceive it in my head of another human being being able to do what he did with his long ass reach, right? And there was one, when he dunked on Thomas Bryant with his left hand, uh, you, there's a video out there where Thomas looks at the crowd as if it's in an episode of The Office. Like, did you just, bro, did you, you just saw that, right? Like, what what you want me to do? I, <clears throat> he, he's seven foot four with, you know, a wingspan that spans probably my entire room. <laughs> uh, like, and there was another play to re- where... He came down the court in the half-court transition, 
This man did an in and out crossover, step back, pull up mid range from the elbow. And I remember I had to do the highlight for that for CBS, and I said, "Ain't no way, man! Like, what are we? What are we? How are you going to stop that? Like, yes, yeah, preseason, but still." And I just hope that he's able to stay healthy because a lot of times with people who are as tall as him and depending on his, you know, body stature and his weight, they're not able to stay healthy as long as we want. So that is my only concern with him. But he he looks like a guy who is going to do all the hard work. Um, and if you have that and you're under Greg Popovich's system. Yeah. They're going to build around him. Yeah. My thing is, do you expect them, um, do you expect him to get all the hype that we saw from LeBron for like each game during this season? I do. I do. I mean, the dude dropped 23, 4, and 3 in 23 minutes. You know what I mean? And I mean, and to be fair, I know he wasn't playing against like, you know, the, 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 the superstars of Miami, which is fine. But at the end of the day, I think you saw enough that it makes sense that people are as excited about him as they are. Because I don't think we have been this excited about a prospect since LeBron James. And I know that coming into and I, I'll be honest with you, Chris, I'm hard on people coming into new leagues. I'm tough on them for a reason. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tough on them in the NFL. I'm tough on them in the NBA. I'm tough on them in the WNBA because I feel like when you are playing against other folks, that are not in the what's considered the best leagues in the world. Like it, it's a little bit easier to um, it's a little bit easier to kind of show off and showcase your talent a bit. I mean, when you're the best player in college, everybody that you're playing against isn't going to be a professional basketball player. So it's a little bit easier to to, to really show off and showcase skills. Um, even when we're playing overseas, not everyone who plays um, in an overseas league um, is a superstar. Right. You got some some very good players who play overseas. You've got some great players who play overseas, but not every overseas talent uh, would level up or measure up. And I'll stand on this um, to some of the talent that you see in the NBA. And so hearing all of the noise about Wimby coming into this season, I was like, dude, I mean, I know he's 6'4". I know he has an eight-foot wingspan. I know all of this, but, like, let's just see what he does when he gets here. Like, let's just see. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's just find out what happens. And then you see it and you're like, okay. Okay, y'all was telling the truth. Y'all legit. And I think this is so great for San Antonio because this is, for one, I feel like this gives Pop a reason to stick around a bit. I was starting to get the feeling that Pop was about to call it, you know, call it a yeah. day. He was about, I'm I'm done. I think I think it's I think it's about that time for me to start to think about hanging this thing up. And I think Wimby gives him something to look forward to, something to continue um to 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 revitalize um what this San Antonio atmosphere of market is like. Because we remember when San Antonio was popping, it was a great place to visit, a great place to, to watch uh, championships. Four of them. I mean, seriously, this was, again, a, a place that I think folks enjoy that sneaky, defensive, not a lot of stars, quiet players, but still one that you got to really come. And you really got to see me. You really got to come through and see me. And this West is stacked. Right. Um, and it just adds to that. If he can truly be um, as good as advertised. Do you think. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting emotional because of all the you know, theatrics and dramatics that he brings to the table. Do you think the the Spurs are going to be 
or I guess better way to ask it. When I look at this team and the roster they have, I don't expect them to go to the postseason, right? I think it's going to take some time. But do you feel like the Spurs, how do you think the Spurs are going to manage Victor and his minutes? Because we all know about load managing, right? Load management. Now the NBA is mm-hmm. cracking down on that. There's a bar now if you want to reach all NBA teams or be eligible to be MVP. Um, and they just came out with a study, although we didn't see any uh, reports or like any data. It was like, yeah, studies show a study showed that actually there is no effectiveness. There's no benefit from load management. It's no. like, okay, that's that's a little convenient, but still, that's what the NBA put out there. How do you think they're going to? manage his load to make sure that he is not overextending himself for his rookie season because he's going to have a lot of ups and downs and particularly downs when it comes to the big boys bullying him down low like the Giannis of the world Anthony Davis Joe and B because those guys those guys are stacked yeah yeah no you know what you make a good point Chris um I don't I, I don't ever have a problem when it comes to that with the San Antonio Spurs situation. The only time that I ever was concerned about how San Antonio managed a player was when Kawhi was going through his thing. And I think that was less of um, San Antonio mismanaging and more of Kawhi just went when we did no more. <laughs> Kawhi was just ready to go. And so, you know, people do and, and maneuver and, and maneuver themselves differently when they're ready to be out. Of a, of, a, of a situation so that's what I felt about Kawhi I don't really think that that's going to be an issue this guy's young he's in really great shape um they know that he's somebody that's going to be box office that everybody's going to want to see him they're going to want to you know know what's going on with him um I don't feel like this is a situation where San Antonio is going to minimize his minutes or you know feel and, and again to the point I read that study as well and I was like low management ain't never make no sense to me like it ain't never make hold no hold sense hold up hold up hold up so you 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 didn't believe it for one second. You, Not a minute. It never made any sense to me. I've been watching the, the NBA for almost 40 years, dude. I ain't never not never seen folks all of a sudden feel the need that they need to miss three or four games because oh we're tired or we bro, listen, y'all are some of the best athletes in the world. Y'all have the y'all are in the best shape. I understand the game has changed and has evolved, but just making players, people are paying their money to come see athletes play. Your job is to get up and play. Like that's the bottom line. Like that's what you chose to do as a profession. And so to say to me, well, you know, we now all of a sudden, no, we don't all of a sudden need you to sit down and do nothing. Like, you know what profession you chose. I didn't see a difference in any player who's, quote-unquote, load load managed or whose load was managed. I didn't see any difference in those players. I just did not. Like, I didn't feel like a player played better because they set out four or five additional games than they would have. I didn't see any of that. Now, if somebody has an injury and they're a nursing injury and they want to minimize their minutes in order to ensure health as we're moving through the season, you're a playoff team. You want to make sure that you got your best guy when it comes time to getting into April, May and so forth. That makes sense to me. But if it's November and you telling me, oh, LeBron, not about to play because we on low management, bro, get that. Get out of here with that. 
that don't make no sense. Y'all making that shit up and I'm not cool with it. And no, so I'm glad that they are finally saying it was trash. It didn't make any sense. There's no data to support it. It was never any data to support it. I was making it up the whole time. So with that being said, I think Wimby's going to be just fine. He'll play. He's young. He'll get equipped. He'll get the reps. He'll get development. This doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be rookie of the year. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have the best rookie season we've ever seen. Doesn't mean any of that. Um, just simply saying that right now he's as good as advertised, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. It is going to be so much fun to watch him. We have another potential superstar in the making, just a polarizing figure in terms of what he will be. But, yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad that you got that off your chest. I did. And load management. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. You know what? Before we go um, and pay some bills, I just want to say that I remember when I got married, during my bachelor party, we went to see the Miami Heat versus the Lakers. And there was a question whether LeBron was going to play. It wasn't because he was injured. It was like, you know, let me let me take some time off. You know, let me let me just rest. Thank God he thank God he played because otherwise there would be no point, <clears throat> no point in going to that game. Well, I don't know, you know, Chris. It might LeBron might be a bit different though. Now that I think about it, because you know, me and LeBron are the same age. It's time the knees ain't kneesing no more. The you know. <laughs> <laughs> breathing a little extra heavy, you know what I mean? So it might, you know, maybe Brian might have needed the moments, you know what I mean? But coming up after the break, however, um, we're going to talk about somebody who may not actually need to be playing. A couple people who actually may not need to be playing. So stick around. We'll be back. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chris, this 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 situation right here that we're about to get into is is real. It's real, right? It's real for a, a, a few reasons, but. Um, it's it's sad that in 2023 we still have to have these kind of conversations. So, um, Charlotte Hornets forward Miles Bridges just last week returned himself into the police um, because of a felony domestic violence charge that he got last November. Um, dude has been in trouble for like the last year for domestic violence incidents with the mother of his child. Um, the first time that he got into it, um, he was arrested last year in June because he allegedly had assaulted his former girlfriend. And I don't like to use the word alleged because it's clearly documented. So it happened in my opinion, but, um, he allegedly assaulted his former girlfriend, which is also the mother of his children. Um, and they took him into custody about a month later. He was formally charged with um, felony assault and child abuse. Um, he pled not guilty. Um, again, they arraigned him, let him go. He received probation, right? So he ended up changing his plea from not guilty to pleading no contest. And again, they gave him three years probation, no jail time. All right. Dude, um, and I want to make sure that I get this right so that you all understand what he actually received for the charges that he was given. Um, he had to complete 52 weeks of domestic violence counseling, 52 weeks of parenting classes, 100 hours of community service, and he had to take a drug test weekly, only being able to take marijuana if doctors um, had valid had given him a valid prescription. He was not supposed to own any guns, no ammunition, no weapons, had to pay a $300 restitution fine, a $500 domestic violence fine, and he had to obey a 10-year, 10-year protective order against the mother of his child. So your baby mama basically said to you, you can't be around me for 10 years. And anytime there was an exchange of children between the two of them, it needed to be done on a neutral site through a third party. Fast forward to a week ago, um, apparently he and his, and his baby mom got into it again. Um, somehow, somewhere, specific details had not yet been, um, had not been released. However, they, uh, he allegedly, and again, like I said, hate the word alleged because if it's documented to me, it happened. But he was throwing pool balls, pool, pool balls at the mother of his child's car while his children were in the car. That's where we are. 
And so I, I hear this situation um, and it bugs me to no end, bothers me to no end, Chris, because throughout all of this in July of this year, the Hornets gave this man a $7.9 million contract qualifying offer to stay in Charlotte. The NBA is, quote unquote, waiting through the investigation to find out what to do and how to move forward. They gave him a 30 game suspension, but credited him 20 games time served because he didn't play last season and, and only needing to, you know, finish out the other 10 games to begin this season. What the hell are we doing? What the, what the hell are we doing? And this comes on the heels of a, a previous situation that we just talked about about two months ago, if that, with Kevin Porter Jr. and his girlfriend at the time, Kaiser Gondrasak, who is a former WNBA player, as a matter of fact, and the situation where they got into a domestic altercation in a, in a hotel room where he was upset that she fell asleep and locked the door. Right, that's it. Fell asleep and locked the door. So we're choking people and he's facing strangulation charges, which he could result in to three years uh, three years in jail, um, up to seven years max. And my thing is, why are these people still in the NBA? What is this? What is the what am I missing? What am I missing? Because, you know, I represent quite a few different outlets in each one of these outlets. If I did some shit like this, they fire me in a heartbeat. It don't matter what the judge says. Doesn't matter what the, 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 the outcome of the case is. It doesn't matter what the evidence is. The fact is you are misrepresenting my brand and you put yourself in a position that these things could even be said about you. We don't need someone like you representing our brand. We just don't. Wish you well. Hope you get your shit together in the future. We don't need somebody like this representing our brand. What is the NBA doing that these men are still allowed to represent their brand? That you're still tossing out contracts to them? And you know what makes it even worse, Chris? It is October. October right. is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I'm not saying that these things should happen anytime, but of all times, what is the NBA doing knowing that this is a problem? And in the month of October, no less, where's your stance on that? What are your words on that? As a private entity, what are you doing? Pisses me off to no end. As, as it should. And I just, I really commend you for speaking your voice there and sharing all the, the disgust in how, you know, this is played out. Um, but it's one of those things where, you have to realize that, look, if you have a lot of talent, they're going to be fine. They'll be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you a second chance. That, that's what it is. And here, here's the other thing, right? Miles Bridges said a, a while ago, right after the Hornets brought him back, <clears throat> I want to apologize to everybody for the pain and embarrassment that I have caused everyone especially my family, this year away. I've used it to prioritize just going to therapy and becoming the best person I can be, someone that my family and everyone here can be proud of. A lot of people don't get a second chance, and I want to use a second chance to prove to everyone that I'm the same kid that you drafted five years ago. And, of course, thank the Ornish organization, NBA, for giving him a second chance. Clearly, that was a lie. 
or you just did not follow through on those actions on those, on that statement that and and that is the uncomfortable part about this where people say oh yeah i'm using this time you know my mental health and therapy and that is extremely important these days especially with what's going on in the economy what's going on in the world but i feel like certain people use that as a way out it's literally a get out of jail card you didn't learn shit bro nothing you didn't learn jack and for you to insult people like that throw it in their face knowing what we know now it just shows we ain't you can't be trusted doesn't mean you need to be exiled from society you need to get help but as you pointed out you cannot represent an organization that is worth billions of dollars in the hornets and then also the nba you lo- you lost that privilege i'm sorry yes say that say that again you that lo- word again you lost that privilege 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 People- privilege and what what's so infuriating Tarika, is when you see there's so many people online who are like, oh, she's probably lying or she, you know, she, that's not real. Or give him a second chance. Give him a third chance. Like, now nah, it's all cool. Oh, oh, I forgot the other thing. Kai Jones, right? Kai Jones, you know, acting a little goofy, weird. Maybe he's on some stuff, whatever. Don't really care. He gets released from the Hornets after he said, trade me. He ain't hurt nobody, to our knowledge. (laughs) And they release him. And people are, his teammates, I believe, were clowning him or voicing their uh, displeasure with what he was doing, with how he was dancing and how he appeared to be on camera. But with Miles Bridges, you got players in the NBA, not just teammates, but like, when he when he made that post, I think about coming back to NBA, they were like, "Yeah, missed you, bro," or "Glad to see you back," or, or something like that to that effect. It's one thing to not say anything because the NBA is a quote unquote brotherhood, and they're not going to talk about potential coworkers or their current coworkers. But for you to acknowledge, like, "Yo, yeah, we missed you," like, "Yeah, you've been through a lot." What what are you saying to NBA fans, and not like? What are you That's doing? my thing. That's my thing right there, Chris. The NBA has tons of women and domestic violence survivors, I would I would imagine, who are fans of this sport. And to 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 essentially say, listen, we don't care about all that. We just gonna we just gonna let we gonna let due diligence play its role. At the end of the day, I, I from a legal aspect, and you know I'm really good friends with with Natalie, um, and she's a producer um, for NBC, and Natalie and I have had this conversation many times where we're like, listen, you want to still play basketball? You can. You can play basketball overseas. You can play basketball in another league. You can play basketball outside on the corner. You know what I'm saying? Miles Bridges, you're, you're, you're a Spartan, bro. I've been watching you since you were in college. You represent what I represent. You get what I'm saying? You can play basketball any and everywhere but the fact that you 
want to play basketball in the NBA and the National Basketball Association, that is a privilege. Being talented does not automatically guarantee you that you should have a spot in the NBA. That is a privilege. It is a privilege that you lost the moment that you decided that you couldn't handle your emotions like a man, like an adult, like a grown person, and you felt the need that you needed to put your hands on somebody. And the fact that you did it in front of your children, not once, but twice, you are now perpetuating a behavior that they are going to either, one, be traumatized for for the rest of their lives or b think that that shit is okay either way you need to be done you need to be done bro it is really just that simple yeah you need to be done you don't need to be playing an nba and i would dare say you don't even need to be playing basketball anymore you lost that privilege like overseas um, Done. but speaking of done uh we're done for this portion of the show but after we you know we get our advertisements in we're going to have a more lighthearted conversation uh, where we give our hottest takes in the jump ball segment. And they're not hot takes just to be, you know, flamboyant or outrageous. We actually are fired up about these issues, whether we were doing it on camera or in audio format or not. Right. So, yeah, make sure y'all stay tuned for that after the break. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. 
I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chris, it's our jump ball segment, and um, I'm coming in hot already. So uh, we just found out earlier this week that the Phoenix Mercury has found their new head coach. Um, for those who may not be aware, the Phoenix Mercury fired their coach, Vanessa Nygaard, last year midseason, and assistant coach Nikki Blue took over for the remainder of the season. Well, looks like now they're going to be hiring Nate Tibbetts, who is an Orlando Magic assistant coach, to take over the head coaching job. And I think that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. The most ridiculous thing I ever heard. And it don't have nothing to do with with you personally, Nate. I hope you're a good guy. I bet you're a good guy. You might even be a good coach. But you are now the highest paid coach in the WNBA. And it is ridiculous that we are continuing to see people come in from outside of the WNBA and continue to get these jobs and continue to be the highest paid. Like my man Kurt Miller ain't sitting over there in the sparks in a sparks uniform. 450 plus wins. And you ain't got your money yet? But we bringing in NBA coaches off the street who, and keeping my, man, listen, you know what? Hot take. I'm going to keep it quick. I'm going to have some thoughts. We, it's still some information that I'm pretty sure is going to come out about this. So you know what? I'm going to wait till next week. I'm going to wait till my girl Didi back next week. Right. I'm going to wait till more info is back next week. And then I'm going to really go off. But just know, I'm hot. Tariq is hot. She going to be cooking up in the pot, baby. Cooking up in the pan. When we come back for next week's episode. So I'm looking for y'all, all of y'all should be looking forward to what her thoughts are going to be in a more expansive, extensive way. Right. Um, and speaking of, you know, something being like really fire in a, in a good way. Uh, how about this? Reebok just added, just made Shaquille O'Neal, the president of basketball operations and Allen Iverson, the vice president, their jobs are to help the community right aspect with Reebok, but also bring in new star athletes to sign on to be part of their brand for Reebok because they have been dormant in the basketball industry for quite some time since, yeah, Shaq, when he got his shoe, and AI. And what does Shaq do in his first order of business? We just found this out as we record an episode. Sign LSU star, as we all know, Angel Reese, you can't see me, to be the company's first basketball athlete of the next generation. And Shaq said, for my first appointment, it's had to be the GOAT. There is no one making a bigger impact on the game right now than Angel Reese. Now, I'm, hey, she, she was a comedy GOAT? She called a GOAT. They both went to LSU. So I'm going to let that slide. I got no issue with that. That's like when uh, um, Megan Rapino said Sue Bird had the greatest, I think, career of any women athlete. Or, or something like that. And uh, we know that ain't true. But I love that. Because you, you supporting your woman. You get you gas it. <laughs> what you want to say, Tariq? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm here for it. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm here for it. What I'm not here though for is the fact that Asia Wilson, as we're talking about shoe deals, still doesn't have a signature shoe from Nike. Like, I had her PEs, like the Cosmic 2 Unities. Um... The red and white, you know, with the ace of shoelaces, colors. 
And I had people when I was at the office, like, yo, those are really sick, man. Where'd you get those? Blah, blah, blah. So everybody knows they can make some good shoes for her. But how about make a signature deal? Like, what does this woman have to do? This woman has won an NBA, uh, WNBA championship. She's got two MVPs. She's got five all-star recognitions to her name. She's been defensive player of the year twice, back-to-back. Oh, by the way, she's got a statue, a statue in South Carolina, if we want to go all the way back there, because she's got a whole lot of accolades there. But she still cannot get, and oh, she has one of the most dynamic and charming personalities the game has seen, not just, you know, in the W, but in general. She is so, so refreshing because mm-hmm. she does not play it cool. Like, she's like, yeah, if I feel a way, I'm going to let people know about it. I'm going to speak about these different issues. But Nike's still holding out. But what, what are we doing? What, Tariq, mm. it's like... The company that first gave Cheryl Swoop the first ever shoe deal for a female still ain't offered a shoe deal to Asia Wilson. It's just... That's that bullshit right there. It, hell yeah. It's like, I'm, I don't know if you watch Scandal, uh, but you remember when Papa Pope... Okay, all right, man. <laughs> when Papa Pope is telling um, Kerry Washington's character, Olivia Pope, like, yo, you have to be what? You have to be twice as good to get half of what they have. <laughs> that, that was... He was in his fucking bag. I'm sorry. Bravo, Chris. We need you're in the wrong profession. Hey, acting is your problem. Nah, I don't need that, man. I don't need that lifestyle. <laughs> I'm good. Hollywood ain't for me. Hollywood ain't for me. But what is for me is making sure black women get their proper proper due and proper respect. So Asia Wilson, if Nike's playing games with you, they don't see your worth. Reebok, Shaq, and AI, make it happen. Let's let's go. That is something that I would love to see and on that note that is going to be end of our debut episode for the three on three pod make sure to listen to the three on three podcast on iHeartRadio, the hired radio app or wherever you get your podcast we got dd richards coming back as we already said next wednesday we got a brand new episode and yeah Tariq is gonna get her takeoff about that magic assistant getting that cheddar from the phoenix mercury stay with us baby we'll see you later Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.